Hello, welcome to Insurance Insights, a podcast from Capgemini Financial Services that looks at the latest trends in financial services through the lens of some of its leading experts. I'm Jeff Spavisek, and this episode is all about shift right testing and the viewpoint of testing experts. Joining me today is Aditya Medikandu, who is a performance architect at Capgemini Financial Services, supporting our insurance testing practice. Aditya has over two decades of experience in the industry and has a great perspective on where the industry has been and where it is going. Also joining us today is Ravi Bhagatavula, who is a chief technologist with Microfocus. Ravi brings over three decades of experience, ranging from hands-on project work, strategy and consulting, and sales. We are excited to have Ravi joining us today. And thanks to you for being part of this podcast, and let's jump in. To start off, it may be useful to set a foundation for our discussion, which is shift right testing. So Ravi and Aditya, what is shift right testing? Is it theory or practice? And is it the same as site reliability engineering slash chaos engineering? Ravi, let's jump to you. Thank you, Jeff, for inviting me to the podcast. Shift right testing is the process and practice of involving the end users into the process of validation in a DevOps. This fosters collaborative solution development and results in higher quality, fit for purpose, better acceptance, and greater customer satisfaction. It can be present in many shapes and forms, but due to the pressures of the time to market, the formalization of shift right has become mandatory. Shift right encompasses many practices of chaos engineering and SRE and has drawn from these practices into the DevOps process. It it also includes the automation of collection of real transaction flows from the production environment, and over a period of time, gain insights and using them to the development and testing phase for better results. Thanks, Ravi. And Aditya, I'd like to get your point of view. What, What are your thoughts on this? Sure, Jeff. Thanks for having me here. I think with the acceleration of digital transformation, the focus is on understanding the customer and user experience. And this can be only achieved by testing and learning from the actual production system. So that's what I broadly classify as shift right testing. And this is real. I mean, we've seen a lot of this in practice right now. I could give you a few examples. I mean, we all know that from an insurance industry standpoint, we are now embedding devices in the cars to track our driving habits, to see, to capture the telematics data and, you know, use that as a input for pricing your policies. And also, I mean, if we look at, you know, service management, we see elements of AI ops wherein the tickets are reviewed and there's pattern recognition um, happening and, you know, there are techniques to uh, implement self-healing. So this is widely in practice right now. And if we purely go to a test environment kind of a setup, and if there are applications uh, already in production, you would want to extract valuable information uh, to simulate your test and performance region to understand uh, how the application is behaving under user loads. And SRE is tied to uh, shift right testing, but it has a different focus. SRE focuses on achieving reliability. I mean, the idea is to eliminate the silos through cross-pollination of skills. I mean, idea is to infuse software engineers into operations and vice versa. SRE focuses on reducing downtime when failure occurs. I mean, with 
the digital transformation and cloud adoption, failure is inevitable. The idea is to see how soon we can recover from failure. SRE focuses on destructive testing to ascertain how the software would respond to unexpected failures. And chaos engineering is a practice to kind of understand how the behavior happens using different tools. And um, the idea is it builds a system and measures how it reacts and handles failures as the system scales up and down. Thanks, Ravi and Aditya. So I guess it sounds like, you know, shift testing really encompasses many different aspects from, you know, trying to more closely align, you know, what's actually happening in production with how we're testing it in a non-prod environment, as well as potentially aligning some of the insights we've learned from incidents and defects found in production to be more targeted and robust from a testing standpoint and really use and tax the system as an actual user would. And you know, I can attest, as I know, Ditta, you mentioned that several examples you can mention, you know, a lot of our clients, say from you know, a capital markets perspective, like a Wall Street perspective, large banks, uh, large insurance firms. I mean, there's always a desire to streamline testing, get features out faster. And I think leveraging some of these insights from production allow us to do that. So Aditya, let's stick with you. What do you think are some of the primary challenges that shift right testing would address? And why has it taken us so long to really adopt these? Jeff, I think from my perspective, shift testing really picked up uh, as digital and cloud transformation picked up using agile delivery. Again, as I mentioned previously, the idea is to get the feedback from the production systems. And the other key element which uh, really caused this uh, shift testing to pick up in the last few years was the tooling. Uh, the tooling has evolved significantly and which provides more value to the shift right testing by providing actionable insights from data to debug and fix the issues. The key word is of observability. Previously, we only had monitoring wherein you know we know where the problem was and uh, now with the advances in AI and other techniques, uh, we can actually look at the problem and in production systems, I mean, across the life cycle and see where we can fix them. And also, I think there has been a mindset change in the last few years. I mean, with Agile coming into as a delivery mechanism, we are more focused on understanding if there is an outage and kind of doing a blameless post-mortem. And the business and IT have moved from, you know, understanding the mean time between failures to mean time to recovery. I mean, that's the key metric they're looking at right now. Failure is inevitable. How soon we can recover is on top of the IT and business executives. Thanks, Aditya. You know, you mentioned tooling. So, Ravi, that would be a good segue, I guess, to get your point of view. How do you think, you know, what do you think are some of the primary challenges that shift right testing is adopting or is is, uh, resolving today? Sure, I concur with what Aditya is saying here. In, In traditional IT organizations in the past, the IT teams that are developing the solutions and the and the business teams were separate and they were operating through interactions and not integrated. So what was happening is the IT teams were of the opinion that they were developing fit for purpose and acceptable solutions for their end users. But this was not always true because there were definitely certain gaps in the outcome resulted in delays and inconsistencies and thereby affecting customer satisfaction. In my opinion, at a high level, people-related issues are one of the toughest to overcome. And this, with the market pressures that are there today, this philosophy of keeping the two of the business and IT separate, it doesn't hold good anymore. It is accepted as joint ownership today. 
and a collaborative approach because there's too much at stake at a, in a very short period of time to develop quick, effective, secure solutions. And I think the play, the uh, shift right testing plays a very important role there. Thanks, Ravi. And I'd like to stick with you for the next question as well. Is So when I've had discussions with clients about shift right testing, I know uh, both you and Aditya had mentioned that you know, there's some aspect of people change. I think that was one of the things you were mentioning in your last response, right? There's always this perceived risk as whenever you take insights from production, there's a risk of data. There's a, there's certain risk associated with that. Do you see really any risks associated with performing shift right testing, or is it more of just a mindset and maybe a methodology change? No, I think it is definitely in, involves a lot of things. Firstly, in this world of instant gratification, I should say, introducing shift right testing into your DevSecOps process can immediately result in the velocity, the reduction of velocity. It can also increase the cost, and um, more people and time are required to fully implement this process. But as the shift right testing gets embedded and as it matures in a very short period of time, it's you can see the benefits coming through. And it's very important to keep track of those tangible and intangible benefits of this, of this kind of testing. Ex- example, customer satisfaction and you know better qualities of stories coming into the pipeline. It is not that it's very tough to track intangible and tangible benefits. Tangible at least is fine, but uh, the intangible ones are difficult to do that. So a special mention there to keep track of that. The usage pattern, of the system, how it manu- how it compares to the original intent is also very important. And as the quality goes up there, the customer satisfaction goes up. Thanks, Ravi. And I guess did you kind of coming back to you, what do you think are the risks and or if any in performing shift right testing? No, I echo what Ravi has said. I agree with him that you know initially the velocity can be reduced. I mean, to your point, Jeff, I think it's really a cultural change. I mean, you kind of need to have a defined process around people, tooling, change management, so that you can make this mainstream as part of your, um, you know, everyday process. And also kind of define a key metrics on what is it you're really trying to accomplish by doing the shift testing and, you know, kind of articulate the value of these metrics to both business and IT uh, so that they are on the same page. So let's jump to the the next question. And I know, I think Ravi, both you and Aditya had mentioned it as well, specialized tooling. And Aditya, you were mentioning that, you know, now with the maturity of some of the tooling platforms to capture some of those insights and run analytics, it's given the teams that are performing testing in a non-prod environment more power to be more precise and accurate in terms of, you know, what they're testing and how they're testing. So do you think to really get or really, I guess, implement successfully and realize the full benefit, are are new tools required to support shift right testing? Or does the existing platform of your test management, automation, performance, and analytics tools kind of give support to continue down that journey? I think uh, it's a combination of both, Jeff. I mean, we would continue to use the existing tools to gather the metrics. But also, I mean, if you're developing um, some new applications, focused on customer satisfaction using your latest technologies like cloud or basically digital transformation programs. You would want to use 
tools which would allow you to observe your microservices layer, basically your end-to-end orchestration so that, you know, you understand what is really happening at each layer and, you know, how you could remediate if there is a problem. Again, as I was mentioning earlier, the key focus is on observability, measure at each layer and uh, handoff. And the team can be upskilled and, you know, they can continue to work on shift right testing. Okay. And, and Robbie, from a tooling standpoint, I guess, what is MicroFocus doing or what is your viewpoint on, you know, do the existing tools support shift right testing or is it something that there's going to be an evolution of that platform to be more conducive to shift testing? Yeah, the, the IT environment, tooling environment is generally so vast and so diverse today that ripping and replacing the entire or big sections of it is not possible. So there is, there's definitely an incremental benefit in adding tooling here. And shift right testing definitely requires tools, but it needs in- tools that can integrate into the existing IT environment. As we talked earlier, apart from redefining the process and realigning people, tools make a critical impact. Capturing and extracting transaction flows and data from production transforming them into test cases and injecting them into the DevOps process, that reduces the burden on the testers. It can also provide, you know, thanks to the great strides we made into insights, it can, they can, insights also can provide a justification to the business users how a particular solution is truly used versus how they perceive it to be used. So that blurry line can be made very clear. And shift right testers typically are experienced users, and they know how to operate the solution in depth. And it's very important to have them in the mix. And they're typically the ones who write the stories and who are the ones who, who give us the feedback. So, so I, you know, to many points that uh, Aditya mentioned, yes, tooling is very important. And MicroFocus does have tools that are such as UFT business testing to actually introduce and improve upon your current shift right testing process. So Ravi, thanks for that. And I know you'd mentioned that shift right testing is typically performed by team members who have more experience. Do you think that with shift right testing, that's a different skill set that would be required to perform that? I would say that no, they don't require a special skill set, but they need to understand a little bit of the IT systems, how they work. They typically come from the business side and they provide the input, and they understand automation, how it's done. So with a little bit of tooling exposure, I wouldn't say even experience, uh, they should be very much part of this journey. Okay. And what would you recommend for an organization that might be starting their shift-right journey? You know, what are, What's your recommendation in terms of how organizations can start? I mean, what are the next steps? What are some of the maybe tactical and strategic things that they need to have in place. And Ravi, let's just continue with you on this one. Thank you, Jeff. So uh, this is a question that often comes up because there are many organizations at a maturity level that really wants to try shift right. And uh, they, they are often asking this question, how do we get into it? And what are the first five things that we need to do? I think, and my recommendation always has been leadership. Leadership is the key to, the, to change the culture that is that involves experienced business personnel to be brought into the fold of solution development 
and deployment and usage and the entire life cycle. It's an investment and it will pay off big time in the mid and long term. Long term. The second one is tooling. Uh, keep in mind that you have to implement tools that can help you capture production transaction flows. And from there, there should be a way to gain the insights into them using that whatever captured transaction flows they are, and then prioritize and automate tests. We definitely cannot and would not want to test every transaction flow that we captured in production, but it's, that's where prioritization comes in. And apart from the main goal, obviously, for any system to be working well is avoidance of errors. And the next one is mean time to resolution. In case an error ever happens, how do you reduce the time to resolve? So those three are the key ones that one has to pay attention to be successful. Thanks, Ravi. And Aditya, I know, and you mentioned in one of the first few questions that there are several clients that you're working with today who have implemented shift right testing. You know, what have you seen in terms of what are clients doing on the ground to start? And, and do you have any recommendations based off of that? Thanks, Jeff. I think this is very similar to what we did with DevOps a few years ago. I think the key is to define the metrics, the charter, the objectives for shift right testing and establish a common understanding and goals. People would want to understand what they're trying to achieve by doing the shift right testing. So what I've seen in a couple of organizations is we kind of define where the organization is from a maturity standpoint and understand what is it we are trying to achieve by doing the shift testing and also look at tooling, right? I mean, I've been emphasizing on this over and over again, but I really think tooling is the key. And unless we observe and understand what is happening, we cannot mediate uh, and also decide uh, determine what is missing. So I think those are the two things uh, from my perspective are required for, you know, setting up a shift right testing organization. Thank you. And I guess I'd like to ask one more question for the K with you guys, just because I, I think it's very important to I think, kind of framing the context as organizations begin to adopt shift principles. You've both you guys have touched on one, you know, there's a mindset change, there's a leadership change, as well as say, like a tooling change. So what needs to happen from say an organization change management? Because we've talked about it, you know, I think we've alluded to it here and I know we've directly addressed it in previous episodes of the podcast is the role of the quality engineers changing. And there's a blurring of lines between development and test as well as production support. You know, how does shift right testing address that? And what types of say, organization change management principles would be required to actually successfully implement this? Let me take this, Jeff. Sure. I think, yeah, it's a matter of where the organization today is. And what's its culture? What's the structure? It's a very general, it's a question that often comes up again, where say, how do we get there? So the my counter question would be, where are you right now? It is based on where they are. So our advice would be based on that. But a well-defined and well-balanced KPIs can greatly change the behaviors of the actors, both in IT and business teams that are going to be involved in the collaborative development. Example, aligning equal or greater weightage to customer satisfaction compared to velocity. Because these are two things that pull and push, and they can be trade-offs on either side. 
And any conflicting APIs would always result in, in situations that are detrimental to the overall testing scenario. So I would go on a case-by-case basis, but remember to be very clear with your KPIs. Thanks, Ravi. And I guess ending with you, Aditya, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree with what Ravi has said. I think culture and KPIs are critical for success. Like any other new process or activity, we need the right uh, momentum and the leadership support to understand where we are and what direction we want to uh, go in the next couple of years. So that's my perspective on this, Jeff. Awesome. Well, Ravi and Aditya, I appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us. And to our listeners, if you found this podcast interesting, please subscribe to Capgemini's Insurance Insights Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or however you get your podcasts. For more Capgemini Financial Services podcast, please also subscribe to our Banking, Payments, and Wealth Spotlight podcast. We'll be back soon with another interesting topic. But in the meantime, please connect with us on LinkedIn and Twitter and visit capgemini.com to download the most recent version of the Rural Quality Report. To learn more about MicroFocus, please visit microfocus.com. We encourage you to join the discussion by letting us know if there are other topics that you'd like us to cover. Please leave your comments via our social media channels, LinkedIn, Twitter, and so on. This podcast has been brought to you by Capgemini Financial Services. Thanks for listening.